Jordan Spieth at the British Open was an outstanding or an absolute farce on the 13th hole. And Kyrie, oh Kyrie, do you open a window of opportunity for the Toronto Raptors? All that coming up right here on TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. Eleven o'clock on the dot. What's up, Toronto? Gareth Wheeler with you. This is the Double T Toronto today. Thrilled to have you aboard. This is our own little version of Talkback. What do they call it? Talkback Toronto on CFTO. We throw topics. You have your say. This is your show at Wheeler TSN is where you find me on Twitter. The text is ten fifty fifty. Yeah, I want to get to the golf and Kyrie Irving in a moment, but. Tim Haffey in a Sports Center update. One year, one million for Johnny Oduya with the Ottawa Senators. Did the Sens get more value one year, one million dollars for Oduya than the Toronto Maple Leafs paying another 36 year old and Ron Hainsey two years? What is it, three million per? No. I don't, Ron Hainsey ain't a top four defenseman. I'm sorry. Neither's Johnny Oduya. Both can log you up to 20 minutes a game. I get it. Looks like the Senators probably got a better deal than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just that kind of came out of nowhere. Oduya, one year, one million. Why not? Why not, eh? And uh, we get to watch, we get the pleasure of watching Ron Hainsey for a couple of years at three million per. Whoa. Can get into that. Anything else? The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. It's weird coming off a week not being on radio, then being thrown into the hot seat. I have so many takes. I have so much I want to get into on today's show. I was actually in Houston last week, and I know there's stories linking the possibility of an NHL team going to Houston. I'll tell you this it is way too hot. It is so hot, Scrizzy. That when I was outside, it was so hot I wasn't even sweating. Like, I think my sweat was drying up. It was so hot outside. And I'll tell you what, like, it's not like Toronto. You walk down the street, there's a buzz. You know, whether it be traffic, street traffic, people to look at, patios, there's nothing in Houston. It's just some big, cold in terms of personality or lack thereof. And really hot at the same time place. Houston hockey? I don't know. Houston the city? Overrated. Just going to go there. But I did see Manchester United, Scrizzy. Scrizzy behind the glass. Huge United supporter as well. And the thing is, you watch on camera. You see a bunch of red jerseys. It was City versus United. And it had to be 10, 15 to 1 red jerseys to blue. Made me proud. Tear came to my eye. Uh, Let's get into the British Open right out of the gate. And Jordan Spieth is a phenomenal golfer. He's under the age of 24. He's won three of the four majors. Um, he's incredible. And I think a lot of people were watching the golf yesterday morning into the afternoon to see whether Jordan Spieth would choke or not. Because although he's a great golfer, at the same time, he has a track record. Choking at the Masters 
Choking at the British Open. We've seen it before. He's able to bring it all together, hold off Matt Kuchar. How annoying is it, by the way? Every shot he takes or makes, Kuch. Is that just me being old man, Wheeler? Like, okay, it it might be. I'll, I'll freely acknowledge that. If he sinks a long putt or makes a great shot... Then, then sure, cooch. It's just like the Baba Booey, get in the hole. It makes the entire television broadcast a little questionable. But that's more to do, obviously, with the people that are attending. Is golf that boring to watch in person that you got to yell Baba Booey <laughs> after every shot? Anyways... It made for quite the spectacle yesterday, but when we get down to it, it was all about the 13th hole. And Jordan Spieth put his drive onto a hill. I believe he was tied or up one with Kucher at the time. I think they were both at eight under par, actually. He put one onto the hill, search party, out searching through the fescue, the gnarly rough. And it must have been four or five minutes later. I mean, players have five minutes to find their ball. That's part of the rules. And thanks to one patron, do they call them patrons there? It seems like in the UK, stiff upper lip, they, they, they call it call them patrons. So we'll go with that. Finds Jordan Spieth's ball, and then all you-know-what breaks loose. 25 minutes later, Jordan Spieth takes his second shot. Him and Matt Kuchar were on the 13th. The group... Ahead of them was on the 16th. Yet this is apparently allowed in golf. Now, Spieth understands the rules. So I'm not hitting out at Jordan Spieth here. He understands the rules. So he had options. Because he deemed the ball unplayable, he could have gone back to the tee, taken another shot. He could have dropped, done what a lot of us do on the golf course when we're out playing. Two club lengths of where it lay, no near to the hole. Like, that's the cardinal rule, right? Like, we all golf. If our ball is in deep rough or in a difficult spot, two club legs, no nearer to the hole. But nope. Jordan Sweet took advantage of a third rule. That was to drop the ball as far back as he liked on line with the flag stick and where his tee shot had landed. Then there was trucks. Like, he was on the driving range. There was, like, sponsorship trucks all around. So then he got to drop it to the side. On a proper fairway-like surface, okay? It, it, it maybe, maybe wasn't up to the integrity of the fairway, but a good lie. And he was able to save bogey. How this is allowed to happen at a major tournament is beyond me, let alone any professional golf tournament. And it's not so much the fact of where he ended up. If I'm any other golfer, I'm like, really? I can do that? You put the ball all the way back there. Great, I'm going to do that next time. I understand why Jordan Spieth chose that option. But here's where I have a bigger issue. 25 minutes to take the second shot. We're at a time and age right now. We look at Major League Baseball. We're thinking about pitch clocks. Because the sport is too long. It's too slow. It's not translating to a younger demographic. The golf world... I don't know if you've been reading up on this in recent years, but the golf world isn't doing so hot. Golf courses across this province are closing. 
People are losing their jobs. Golf courses are not busy. There is too much supply and nowhere near enough demand. Ratings in this post-Tiger Woods era continue to plummet, go down. The majors, other than the Jordan Spieth moment yesterday, have been entirely unmemorable. There's been nothing that jumps off the page. The golf world is in a really difficult place right now because there's no heir apparent to Tiger, no matter how much they want to try to sell a Rory, a Jordan, a Jason Day, a Dustin Johnson. There is no Tiger. And Tiger's the reason why these golfers are making incredible sums of money right now. Golf is popular within its own demographic. What, 40-year-old plus white male that make roughly $100,000 a year? Like, that that's the golf demo. And I don't know about you living around the city of Toronto. It is tough to be able to find time to go in and play, let alone go around a course for four and a half, five hours on a good day, but drive an hour of the city to do so. Golf has become a sport which, well, it's always been a sport made for the elite. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. And I like golf, and I grew up playing golf, and I grew up playing on a junior tour. I get all this, but the sport has failed to advance, evolve, and change with the times. And I look at yesterday as not a good thing for golf. What Jordan Spieth had us all watching on the 13th hole. I think it was a farce. I think it was an absolute farce, one that there wasn't a rule in play that would make sure that he takes a shot in a timely manner. Instead, he can go 25 minutes without taking one. And what's his punishment from all of that nonsense? One stroke. One stroke. And what he did afterwards is a completely different story. He took it to the next level. It was incredible what he did from that point on. But the 13-hole... 13th hole, are you kidding me? If a player takes 25 minutes between two shots, should he only really lose one stroke? And that's based upon where the ball landed and not how long he took? Why isn't there a shot clock, a shot limit in golf? Because I don't know about you, I cannot sit around all day trying to watch eight, nine hours of golf. And that slowed things down to a halt. I get if you, if you I, I totally understand it and totally appreciate it. If you think it was spectacular theater, if it was the drama of it all playing out before our eyes, because I subscribe to that theory to a certain degree, but how he is not punished, how this sport continues to be less than progressive, blows my mind. So here's the question I'm asking. Was Spieth on the 13th hole at the British Open, was it outstanding? Did it simply just take too long? Did it show the flaws or expose the flaws in the rules of golf? Or was it simply just all puzzling? At Wheeler TSN is where you cast your vote on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email is live at tsn1050.ca. And I want to hear from you now. 416 870 That is toll-free at 1-855-591-6876. What we watched Jordan Speed through yesterday on the 13th hole, was it a complete joke? Did it make the event a farce? And, and I'm not the only one that's saying this. 
is that golf needs to progress. It needs to adapt. It needs to evolve. And that's just, for me, it just encapsulated everything that's wrong with the game today. 25, like that's a period of hockey. If you had one or two whistles in a period of hockey, you know, free-flowing game, like that's how long Jordan Spieth took to take his second shot, and he's not even penalized. That's just incredible to me. Keith Pelly, um, obviously a guy that a lot of people know around this area, and now plays a big role with the European Golf Tour. He joined Naylor and Landsberg last week, 6-10 to 10 each and every Monday to Friday right here on the station. And he's dead set on finding different ways, new ways to make golf more engaging. Because it's too slow, because it's too dry, because it's too stuffy, because it's unrelatable for a younger demographic. Here's what he had to say about trying to attract a younger demographic, a younger viewer, a younger player to the game of golf. We need to have in golf something that can engage the a younger demographic uh, who, who perhaps don't have the, the time and perhaps don't have the, the history to enjoy all four rounds of a, of a tournament. And if, in fact, we can create something that is a little bit more creative and innovative than, than uh, we're, we're for. So we really believe that we're leading the, 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 the transformation of global golf through that concept. Pelly is the CEO of the PGA European Tour, and he spoke about creating a new format for golf, which I can totally wrap my head around. We're looking at uh, creating, a, creating a new format for golf and, and always keeping the integrity and the tradition in mind, but I think there's a narrative around golf that, that's similar to Rugby Sevens or similar to, to uh, the 2020 cricket. Uh, there, there needs to be something... Uh, more than just the 72 hole tournaments. And I think the 72 hole tournaments will always be there, uh, Michael and Matt, and they will always flourish like the Open Championship here. But I think there needs to be another format that allows it to be a little quicker, a little bit more fan engagement, and allows, more importantly, uh, to extend the audience reach well beyond the uh, traditional demo that follows golf. So does golf need to change its format or provide an alternative format? I mean, when I think of big... Golf events in recent years, I think of President's Cup, I think of Ryder Cup. Country versus country or continent versus country. I mean, those are the emotion, the one-on-one, making it a team sport, a little trash talk, the fist pumping, the emotion, mono, mono a mono. And, and Pelly's proposed something like rugby sevens, can call it golf sixes, a six-hole match play featuring 16 different countries. Might make sense. And the whole idea of questioning whether the 72-hole tournament might not necessarily be the only option for the world of golf. I get that as well. What about instituting a shot clock? All of these things can make it more progressive, speed it up. Because although yesterday, and Kirk hit me up from Ajax, he's turning 21 in five days, so a younger demographic. A true millennial. I know technically I fit in terms of the millennial framework, but I don't, I don't know. I'm an 80s baby. That's all you need to know. He found the entire broadcast yesterday quite refreshing. 
Cooch trailing Jordan was great television, and the whole British Open actually compelled me to book a team time. So there you go. Kirk's on that side of the equation. So cast your vote about what you thought of Jordan Spieth on the 13th hole yesterday at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 1050.50. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Uh, I am Gareth Wheeler. Will Gray, uh, staff writer at golfchannel.com, at Will Gray GC, joins me on the line to chat yesterday's British Open. What's going on, Will? I'm doing well. Good to be with you. Thanks, man. I I want to get into this topic because I was sitting there watching the 13th hole like the rest of the world was yesterday. And although I was intrigued by what was happening, I couldn't believe that it took so long between shots. And that's something that the golf world, in my opinion, needs to change or work on. And the fact that he wasn't penalized, the fact that it took so long, that's a massive head-scratcher for me. As someone who covers the game of golf, as someone who follows it as a profession, how did you approach to what you saw yesterday on the 13th hole by Jordan Spieth? Uh, it was definitely a curveball. The rule book, when it comes to golf, uh, covers many situations. It does not cover the unplayable lie dropping on the driving range next to the equipment truck. Uh, situation. So this was certainly uncharted territory. It did take a while. I do think that it probably affected Matt Kuchar, even though he said it, it didn't uh, going down the stretch. But the bottom line was it was, at, it was at a critical juncture of the tournament, and everyone involved knew that they needed to get it right. And sometimes in order to do that, with, with as many nuances as that situation had, trying to figure out what, line, what the line was over the hill, it just took a long time. I, I think they would have liked to have had it done quicker, but the bottom line is they needed to get it right, and they did. Does that make golf great, or is that a flaw in the rules process that you can allow something to take so long? Like, 25 minutes is a long time, Will. I mean, that's a period of hockey. Like That's that's a good chunk of time in an (laughs) NBA game, and a big criticism of golf, and, and why some numbers have been dropping across the board, is that the game doesn't appeal to a younger demographic. It's not quick enough. It's too slow. And that kind of encapsulates some of the issues that do plague the sport. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I totally understand it's, it's a sport where you can take four or five hours to play, so it's, it's not going to be entirely fast-paced. I do think two parts. One, I think you can count on one hand the number of, of situations that have ever come up in major championship history that required the amount of calculation that that particular situation did. And the other part was, I thought it made for some good TV. I mean, sitting there watching him trying to drop in between the equipment trucks and sending his caddy up and down the hill, getting in his, his Fitbit steps for the day. I mean, it was pretty <laughs> crazy TV, even though we went you know 20 minutes in between golf shots. Yeah, I, I, I totally acknowledge that. And it's just surprising to me that he doesn't get any other kind of penalty because he took so long. Like, is that something that you like to, to see in golf? Like, slow play is something that's cracked down, not only on tour, but, hey, I couldn't do that on my local golf course, right? Like, I couldn't take 25 minutes to go drop a ball back on another fairway. Like, that simply wouldn't happen. So, is that fair? Is that just that he didn't receive any other penalty other than dropping from the unplayable ground? Yeah, I, I think that uh, everyone understood what the situation was and the magnitude of it. And so I, I don't think that anyone wanted him to get a slow play penalty in that situation. Listen, I, I play pretty quick myself. I am all for penalizing slow play on the PGA Tour. I think that it's a huge issue that they don't come close to addressing. But in this 
particular situation with five, six holes to go in a major with a title hanging in the balance, I think that uh, it was best to err on the side of caution. That's what they did. Will Gray, staff writer at GolfChannel.com, and Will Gray, GC, joining us here on Toronto Today. I am Gareth Wheeler. So do you look at what went down yesterday? Not only the fact that the 13th hole happened, but Jordan went on to put together an incredible final four holes afterwards. Is that a big win for the golf world? Because it just seems like, you know, the other two majors this year, they were kind of nondescript. Like, you like that Sergio won. There were storylines there. But this has to be the biggest story of the golf calendar thus far this year, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think Sergio winning winning the Masters and winning it in a playoff like he did is a big story. But I do think this right now is probably the bigger story. Listen, I was at Aaron Hills for the entire week. It was a month ago, and I can't tell you one thing that happened. Exactly. It was just not a memorable. It was just not a memorable tournament. But that's okay. Some, you can't all be great. I do think that that this is going to go down as an all timer. Just the, the bounce back situation, like you said, thirteen, and how he came out. I mean, Matt Kuchar. I said uh, earlier I, uh, to someone that he stood on the fourteenth tee with a one shot lead, played the next two four holes in two under, and got absolutely smoked. I mean, that is insane to think about the, the run that Spieth went on. And so to answer your first question, anytime Jordan Spieth is winning a major championship or any golf tournament, it's good for business. He is, he's a charismatic guy. I think we all have him penciled in as, as perhaps one of the top ten players of all time. When it's all said and done, I think most people would agree that, that the projection for him is now six, seven, eight career majors. That puts you in rarefied air, and he's proven that he has that magic touch, chipping in for par hitting crazy shots over hills. I mean, he just has stuff happen to him, and he causes things to happen that a lot of other players just wish they could on the big stage. The thing is, though, he is not Tiger Woods, right? We'll, we'll all acknowledge that he's not Tiger, and we just experienced, went through the Masters. It was the lowest television rating in 13 years. Are players like Spieth, DJ, McElroy, are they enough to help continue the trajectory, to continue to go up? For the golf world, or reverse a trend rather of less participation, less ratings. Like, is is Jordan Spieth the guy to be able to take golf up to where it wants to be? I mean, I think that any sport benefits from having a dominant figure. I think we all agree that Tiger Woods is not happening. None of the guys currently on the PGA Tour are ever going to touch what Tiger did for the game between the ropes. Whatever. I do think that from a golf media perspective, in the last two or three years, we've run into an issue with trying to peg the big three, the big four, the big 17, whatever. Listen, it's a revolving door that maybe is 8, 10, 12 deep right now of guys who can step up and win at any given time. I think that if you're talking about the really short list of of guys that can be transcendent on a major stage, I think you're talking about Jordan and Rory who have separated themselves from a pack that then would include Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, people like that. So, I mean, I think Jordan and Rory are, are your A and B players when it comes to big picture stuff, but trying to pin the game down to we're going to put it all on his shoulders and, and ride the wave. Tiger Woods did a lot of great things, but he is not walking through that door anytime soon. Sure, and he was, no matter if you weren't a golf fan, he brought you to the sport. And, and that's why I want to ask that question because I don't necessarily think that Jordan Spieth is that guy. None of the guys I listed are Tiger, which is fine. But I think that there might have to be a natural evolution in the way the game is played. And traditionalists absolutely hate this. Like Major League Baseball is going through this right now, Will, 
where they want to pitch clock. They want to speed up the game because they understand that younger demographics, younger generations, they don't have time, nor do they want to sit in front of a television or be at a golf course for seven, eight, nine hours. Just simply put, that's not the way people consume anymore. Keith Pelley of the European Tour guested on the station last week. He's trying to push forward this whole idea of golf sixes, a six-hole match play tournament featuring 16 nations. Like, do we need innovation like that? Less holes, quicker play to make the sport more accessible, more likable for people that might not be in it already. Oh, 100%. I, I think that some of the stuff that Keith Pelley is doing on the European Tour is great for growing the game. You talked about the six-hole match play tournament. They have some some charity events on the Wednesday before the tournaments where, where players are hitting over fireworks and pyrotechnics and stuff like that on just a, a par three challenge. That's the sort of stuff that, that will bring casual fans into the game in smaller numbers than what we saw with Tiger, but it's going to be incremental. And I do agree with you that, that golf would benefit by thinking outside the box when it comes to trying to recruit the casual fan and get them involved. I think six-hole, nine-hole tee times for people that want to play. I think top golf is a great you know, gateway for non-golfers to get into golf. Uh, but, yeah, when it comes to the European Tour versus the PGA Tour, a lot of the stuff that Keith Pelley is doing in terms of innovation is leaving the U.S. Tour uh, in its wake, and I think they would benefit by taking a few of his pointers. Yeah, and I don't think it's any coincidence that he's an outsider as well. Like, he comes from the broadcast world. You know, you know the people, the arbiters of the game of golf better than I do. Are these people ca- capable? Are, are they able to really take a good, hard look at their sport and make some significant changes? Uh, I think they're capable. I think the problem when it comes to golf is that you have too many people that are focused on their own lane, and there's no one that is you know, the czar of golf. Look at the PGA Tour. From their perspective, do they want to, would they like to see the game grow? Yes. But is that their top priority? No. Their top priority is running 45 tournaments a year, and as long as the sponsors are lining up to, to sign the checks, and they think that things are going well, and they probably are from a PGA Tour perspective. And the USGA would say the same thing about their major championships, and obviously Augusta National is an island unto themselves. So I think that a lot of the organizations have their hands on the situation of let's, let's promote the game and let's grow the game, but no one really owns that question and that dilemma. So as long as people are continuing to focus on their specific businesses, I don't know that we're going to see significant change in the next few years. Interesting. Yeah, I just, it's like even little things and no idea is stupid for me. You know what I mean? When you're kind of spitballing, trying to figure out what would work best and even like more crowd noise. Like it's my biggest criticism of Wimbledon, how, you know, they're so uptight and you can't make noise and you got to wear all white and still the golf world, you got to be quiet every shot and no crowds when they're rowdy like down in phoenix when you're at a president's cup or a Ryder cup i mean that's the atmosphere that really brings you in i just wonder if you can even do anything to embrace a little bit more of that to get away from the you know the baba buoys or get in the hole if you just have natural ambience natural noise then maybe that makes it more appealing as well yeah for sure i think that the players love the phoenix event they love the the situation, the ambiance of the Ryder Cup, but they also say that they, the reason they love it is because they don't have it every week. So that's what makes those weeks special. But I do think, going back to, to what Keith Pelley is doing on the European Tour, one thing I would endorse is music on the driving range. I don't understand what the problem is. With yeah. just, you know, bumping, bumping some really good music to kind of get you going. Players and, and media as well, I've talked about walk-up music. If you're walking up to the first tee, like uh, guys in, 
in a baseball game, that'd be great. Just have Ricky Fowler pick whatever song he wants to walk up to as he goes to the first tee. I think that a little bit of that could go a long way towards bridging the gap and kind of bringing golf into the 21st century with some of the uh, the younger fans that, that, as you said, they don't have six hours to play around at golf and they're not exactly interested in learning. Totally with you. Big fan of your work, Will. Really appreciate you joining the program today. And I, I think this interview was far less than the 25 minutes in between shots yesterday. So mission accomplished on behalf of the two of us. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. No unplayable lies either. Yes, exactly. Uh, Will Gray, staff writer at GolfChannel.com, at Will Gray GC on Twitter. Have your say. Does golf need to evolve, adapt, as Will just said, you know, enter the 21st century? What would you like to see change to the world of golf? There are courses here in the province of Ontario that have gone down from 18 holes to 12 holes. Perhaps that can get you more involved. And although, from a television perspective, potentially yesterday was a big win. It was captivating to see Jordan Spieth on the 13th hole, but it took way too long, and he wasn't punished. And for me, that shows an absolute flaw in the rules and a lack of awareness of why the sport is languishing to a certain degree. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. I want to hear from you. Toll free is 1-855-591-6876. That's 1-855-591-6876. Hit me up on Twitter at WheelerTSN. Gareth Wheeler with you. We're talking what's wrong with golf and how do you fix it right here on Toronto Today. What's up, Toronto 1136? Gareth Wheeler with you. Full lines are open. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. That's 1-855-591-6876. I want to hear from you, Toronto. How do you fix the world of golf? Or does it need changing at all? I want to hear your say about Jordan Spieth on the 13th hole yesterday. Did you love it? Did it have you hooked to the broadcast yesterday? Or were you frustrated saying, get on with it? 25 minutes, that's an absolute heads gone. 25 minutes between shots. And this guy's not punished for taking so long in between shots. And look what happened after. Was absolutely on fire. Bailed out. Because of the rules. I don't even blame Jordan Spieth. It's more so the rules of golf are the problem. At a time where we want to speed things up, be more progressive in the way that sports are played to make it more fan-viewer-friendly, when you're competing for eyeballs, attention, dollars in a competitive marketplace, you allow that to happen and don't punish an athlete. Like A pitch clock is coming to Major League Baseball. Because baseball games, too long, too slow, too many. In golf, who's sitting there watching a 72-hole tournament anymore? Just and, and when you have the, the group, the final group, that is three holes behind the next group, 
because of a mistake. And that's what that was. Jordan Spieth wasn't punished for his mistake. And then you allow him off the hook, allowing him to go 25 minutes between shots. That's a complete head-scratcher to me. Is it a head-scratcher to you? Or did you like watching it play out yesterday? 416-870-1050. That is 416-870-1050. Or toll-free at 1-855-591-6876. Tell me why I'm wrong, Toronto. We're at a time where golf courses are closing down in this province. The Canadian Opens here this week. It's always a decent corporate event because it's playing to an older more wealthy demographic. So that sponsorship money is going nowhere for the time being. But what about the future of golf? Failing to adapt, failure to evolve, often leads to a stagnant product and one that, you know, disinterest will, will kind of take over. There's no Tiger Woods anymore. There's no one golfer that's bringing in the casual fan. You're a golf fan, you're watching. 100%. Totally get that. But if you're not, well, that's a tough ask. If you're just relying upon a younger, or sorry, an older generation of golf fans to be your base and unwilling or unable to expand, and 25 minutes between shots in what already is a big ask on a Sunday during a summer to ask people to stay with you. I mean, JC hits me up through text at 10.50.50. He says, check out the TV ratings post the drama on the 13th hole yesterday. I am curious what they'll be, actually. JC says the Open executive must have loved the outcome, suspense, emotion, and focus, which makes the tournament very marketable. The audience numbers must have been huge, especially the last four holes. How could one turn that off? Was that more about the delay, hitting it into the side of a hill, or was it the fact that Spieth was on fire after that? And you're waiting to see how it played out, and then what he delivered after? I, I, I actually think most people were tuning in not to see Jordan Spieth succeed. You were tuning in to see if he would fail, if he would choke yet again. Yet he didn't, and he wasn't punished for how long he took. So 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Let's go up to the beautiful, is it town? Hamlet? City of Bradford, Jason, you're on TSN 1050. What exactly is Bradford? What is Bradford? Is it Bradford? a town? Bradford is an, uh, it's an up-and-coming city. Okay. It is, it is blown up in the last uh, couple of years because uh, nobody can afford houses in Toronto or York Region anymore. Here, here. So. so it's the city north of the city north of the city north of Toronto, basically. Yeah, something like that. Good stuff, pal. What's your take on this? Does golf need fixing? Like, did you have a problem with the way that it played out yesterday? Yeah, I had a little bit of a problem with the way it played out. Golf does need, uh, I think we do need to move towards a shot clock. Um, as somebody who worked in the industry for years and is an avid golfer, um, it, it, it's tough to sit through that. I think where the PGA got away with it is that it was a major, and if it was the Barbasol Championships, people would have uh, would have tuned out pretty damn quickly. Jason, um, you say you worked in the industry. Maybe you can give our listeners a sneak peek, just pull back the curtain how difficult is the industry today as well? Because that's the thing. Golf courses are closing down. Uh, people are trying to figure out new ways to attract golfers, and it's not an easy ask. Yeah, so I started working at the National Golf Club um, probably at about 12 or 13 years old caddying. 
from there, I started with Golf Town when there was only three stores. Um, and it was absolutely bananas. The uh, And that was the thing where Golf Town got lucky is it coincided with the Tiger boom. Exactly. And everybody and their grandmother was playing golf, and every corporation was throwing money at golf outings. And, uh, and uh, spend was crazy. Um, I know, to, I mean, every, Golf Town overstretched itself, and they're starting to scale things back a little bit so that they can keep their head above water. Uh, a lot of these golf courses are, are now moving down to nine holes because they can put houses up and make 80, 100 million dollars off of the houses, housing revenue that they can build on the other nine. Um, and what I've seen with a lot of the professional, the, uh, the higher end clubs, um, they're either working out long-term payment plans on initiation or getting rid of initiation entirely and just charging yearly dues because 30, 40 year olds do not have 50 grand to put down on an initiation on top of 8,000 bucks a year to play. It's a great point because I was kind of focused on the time that it takes to golf, but it's not just time. Jason, it's the expense as well. It's a big-time detractor for a lot of people. That's why the sport, uh, I have no problem with it being more elitist or skewing that way, but people need to be able to make a living in the industry as well, and that's where it's very difficult. So if you don't change, evolve, adapt, then you're going to be left behind and the industry is going to continue to crumble. Well, absolutely, especially on a dual-income household. It's hard to find uh, five, six hours to dedicate to a round of golf if you have a spouse who's, uh, who's also working and you can't leave the kids at home, right? Totally it's agree with that you. Way. Anything I else? I think a shot clock should be put in place. Uh, I think what the, you know, five minutes uh, to, to hit a shot should be put in place in the event where with Speedy yesterday, if a rules official needs to be called in, I think they should be given another two, three minutes to work that out. Um, but yeah, we do need to speed things up. We do definitely need to speed things up. Great call, Jason. Appreciate it. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. The text is 1050-50. Let's go out to my old former hometown of Burlington. Dom, you're on TSN 1050. What's going on today, Dom? Well, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> The floor is yours. Does golf need to change, adapt, evolve, or are you okay with the way that things played out yesterday? I'm okay with yesterday because, number one, they were the last twosome. They weren't holding anybody up. And apparently, uh, uh, Spieth talked to uh, Kuchar, and he had no problem with it. But did you, the viewer, have a problem with it? Okay, like, yes, he's not holding things up, but he's holding up my day. And he's afforded time, from a competitive perspective, to plan, to plot, to come up with plan B, C, D, E, and F that other players aren't necessarily afforded to. Just the way that it played out left a sour taste in my mouth. Although, at the same time, you can make the argument, it made it completely watchable. I had no problem. I loved watching it. And, uh, again, uh, I think they would do that uh, no matter who was in the last twosome. So you don't think that golf is a problem in terms of the way that it's presented? Too slow, too long, too stuffy? Like, these these aren't issues to you? 
Like you're talking, uh, watching it on TV or playing the game? I'm talking watching it just as a viewer. When I'm watching a major championship, when I'm watching a tournament, it just it seems to be antiquated to a certain degree. That the rules are in place for a previous generation where there's no Tiger Woods anymore. You need to do something that will attract new viewers. And I'm sorry, 25 minutes between shots isn't going to do it for the casual fan. That's one time in the whole 18 holes. But on the was, biggest stage possible, Dom, like this is your mar- one of your two marquee events of the year. There's the Masters in the British Open. And I just want to know, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Good. Everybody was on the edge of their seat waiting to see how he was going to come out of this. I guarantee you nobody shut the TV off. Well, I, I walked away because I wanted to get on with my day. And maybe I'm the exception and not the rule, you know? But th- that's yeah. fine. No, I appreciate your perspective because yeah. for you, that just made for more drama, didn't it? Yeah. And, and as far as speeding the game up, if I can just uh, to play the game yourself, uh, if we had marshals uh, up here that enforced the rules, that it wouldn't take six hours or five and a half hours to play. Like, if you've ever played in Myrtle Beach, uh, I've, I've been asked to stand aside many times because we were, we were a little slow. They don't do that up here. Thanks for the phone call, Dom. Really appreciate that. Look, 18 holes is a lot of golf. Whether it's four hours, four and a half hours, five hours to play, and listen, you bring up the marshals. If there were marshals on the course yesterday, like if if we were in Jordan Spieth's position yesterday, we would have been moved along. We would have been kicked off the course. There's no chance they're giving anyone 25 minutes to plot out a shot like that. And the fact there wasn't a penalty for that, it's a little bit of a head scratcher and I question the rules of golf. Do they need to be updated? Are they too antiquated? How would you change the game of golf? Are you A-OK with the way it is right now? 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. The text is 1050-50. The email live at tsn1050.ca at WheelerTSN on Twitter. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. A decent little Monday right here on TSN 1050. Argonauts football, Monday night football. Coming your way tonight from BMO Field. Doug Flutie in the house. He's joining Brian Hayes and Gordon Miller. Gordy! On overdrive tonight at 5 p.m. from BMO Field. Argonauts red black, 7.30. Hoagie's got your game call. Pre-game coming your way at 7 o'clock right here on TSN 1050. Flutie Flakes. Love me some Doug Flutie. I wonder if you could get Carrie Underwood to do the Monday Night Football song. Wonder how that like I haven't really experienced CFL Monday Night Football, so we'll see how it goes tonight down at BMO. Look, this golf topic's going nowhere. The Canadian Open this week. I think the conversation is going to remain relevant. The golf world is in a rosy place right now. There are struggles. As Tyler hits me up, cycling's the new retirement sport. He loves golf, but it's dwindling in popularity. I think you're spot on. People like more action. People like quicker, faster, and golf. And what happened with Jordan Spieth yesterday doesn't do anyone any favors. I get that it was watchable. I get that it was dramatic. But was it worth it? And for me, I'd say no. Justin from Toronto. 
He took a shower, didn't miss a thing in between two shots, and the result of the delay, he missed the last two holes. For me, golf needs to find a way to advance, evolve. Keith Pelley's trying to do that with the European Tour. I want to see what the response is from the PGA. Because if they think that this is all good, man oh man, they're living in the past and not looking towards the future. Or even the present. The text is 1050-50, the email live at tsn1050.ca. The the biggest story really over the weekend all had to do with Kyrie Irving. The land, Cleveland, is a land of dysfunction right now. And can the Raptors take advantage of that? We'll get into what this means for your Toronto Raptors and have your say. How should Toronto try to take advantage of dysfunction in Cleveland? 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. That's coming up next as Toronto Today rolls on TSN 1050.